All right, real quick, people, before we get into today's show, we've just released a new course, Periodization for Periods, all around how to train women around their monthly cycle, and we've got it on special. If you're interested, click the link in the show notes. You are now listening to the Fitness Education Online Podcast, the podcast where fitness professionals go to grow their fitness business. If you're in the fitness industry, you'll find tips and strategies from proven business experts. Now, let's start the show. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to the Fitness Education Online Podcast. I am super excited because we've got a very special guest this week, also from Sydney. A uh, little bit about this person. He's one of the, um, the the owners there at Fitness Business Sales. If you're not familiar with Fitness Business Sales, they're industry leaders taking you from your startup and franchise expansion to exiting on your terms. So let me introduce the one and only Mr. Damien Bain. Damien, how are you? Good. Good morning. How are you? Yes, I'm awesome. Now, I know you guys do quite a lot there at Fitness Business Sales, Damien. Do you want to give the listeners a, a bit of a rundown? I know you've got sort of three different components that you do there. Someone's listening to this. They haven't heard of Fitness Business Sales. Give us the rundown. What is it you guys do there? I think we only just worked out what we do now. It's been, <laughs> uh, it's been in the making, that's for sure. Um, yeah, so we established fitness business sales last year, and you know, pretty much as the name says, you know, it's a it's a combination of well, literally fitness businesses, um, and we've got um, our startups. So we do startups. So you could be a single trainer or investor wanting to start your your new health club venture or functional studio. We will help bring that alive from a you know brand awareness and execution and all that side of things operationally to open DAs etc. Um, in the startup pillar, also we have. Um, you might have two or three um, current studios and the concept you want to franchise. So you want to take it to that next level and branch out into franchising. So we will pull the, the brand apart, look what we need to do, and then bring that alive from a franchise agreements, disclosure, operations manuals, brand guide, all the stuff you need to go to market. We'll take it to market, and then it would fall into, if you're looking at that, the franchise recruitment arm. And the franchise recruitment arm is quite a big um, um area that we work on, sorry, in our business. And that's because what we brought alive is in a lot of the brands that are out there right now, and there are a lot, especially after COVID last year, there's a lot coming alive, is, you know, the the brands are recruiting for new franchise partners. And what we did, instead of people having to have their their full-time employed salesperson and um, recruitment person in-house, we do that for specific brands. So, for example, um, We've got brands like Infinite Cycle, FitStop, Fitness Cartel, Fire, etc. We've got these brands that are growing across the board. And what we do is we search for franchise partners for them. Um, and it's a lengthy process, that one. You know, that is a very much a six, seven stage process to bring them through the recruitment and approval process um, to finding sites and bring them alive. So we work with about seven or eight specific exclusive brands in that area. And then the final thing is the exits. So... Um, exit strategy, it's interesting. People will say, oh, when I'm looking to sell, it's when I look at doing my exit. Well, no, you should look at your exit strategy from day one. Mm-hmm. As soon as you start your business, what do you should plan and build towards that? So we actually more work with people on that are looking to sell as opposed to I want a list and we're a broker. So a lot different to what brokers do. Brokers will take on listings where we actually deep dive into the business operationally and we do an assessment of the business. And what we look at is, 
where we can tweak certain things to improve your profitability, to improve your business asset and work with you on an exit plan and then exit it. And we do have a, the brokerage services. My business partner is a broker. Um, but, you know, we're not just in the, the listings. Now, that's probably 20 to 30% of what we do, where the bulk of our stuff is through the franchise. So fitness business sales, as it says, and plus we do consulting as well, um, just general consulting. But as it sort of says, and the name was quite simple, but we're, it's a turnkey. You know, whether you are a startup, you're looking to get into a new franchise, or, hey, I'm looking to exit in six months or so when I want to build my business to get that return you know they can sit right under the the uh, the banner of what we do across our team love it yes I, in I, a nutshell <laughs> yeah well, there we go well i'm i'm a huge fan of the exit strategy i think that's why i originally reached out because i just think it's, mm. it's so important for many different reasons i think that even if you're not looking to sell i think that's the sign mm-hmm. of a good business if you could sell 100%. it, you know, in a couple, even if you, it's not even going in your mind, you know, you don't, you love what you do, mm-hmm. not even thinking if that business is in a position where you can sell it, it's, it's running smoothly. That's the sign of a good business. It probably works without you. Correct. You're probably in there all the time anyway, but you know, if you've got in a position where it runs without you there, it's a sign of a good business. Yes. And on top of that as well, things can change at a heartbeat. Like, yeah, all right, yes. you're happy now, you know, maybe in a year or two, Think your life changes, things change, and instead of scrambling mm-hmm. and being like, "Oh no, now I need to scramble all these things," there, if you just did some things right from the start, it'd be in a better position to sell. So I, I love that. And Damien, tell us a little bit about you personally. Did you just wake up last year and decide you love the fitness industry and want to do this, or you know, have you got some some miles under the belt? What what can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, um, look, I've been in the industry, and I'm now going to show my age about. 22 years. So you started, um, so you started when you were five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five, five. Even better. Even better. Even better. <laughs> exactly. 12 or five. Round that, uh, that piece is good for me. Um, yeah, look, what happened, I've been working in the industry for quite a while. In You know, I started off, you know, back in the day in the in the fitness side of it, you know, Group X and, um, and PT, funnily enough, and then I totally changed. I went into the business side and I worked with some small players in Melbourne. I'm from Melbourne originally, been um, in Sydney for just over 10 years. Um, but work with some small players and sort of gyms that needed to be turned around. You know, they weren't profitable or things like that. And I loved that. I love fixing. That was my thing, you know, to get in, pull it apart, increase revenue and decrease costs. And, you know, then I started working with some of the big players. So I worked with Fitness First, worked with Genesis for four years uh, in their brand. And Fitness First actually moved me to Sydney. So um, I was looking after their new site acquisitions and opening all the new sites. And then, um, we went through, a, it was a tough time at Fitness First in those days because mm-hmm. it was, um, you know, we got close to liquidation, you know, we got close to, um, you know, not being around and we're closing clubs and it was tough. And it was, so luckily I, I managed to, uh, to get the gig in a state manager role for Fitness First. So I continued with them and we went through the rebrand and the whole change. And that was really good because it taught me a lot from a how we had to, you know, decrease costs, increase revenue, but the people, uh, people scorecard and what we had to still with the people piece was really important, changing our, our job descriptions, changing our persona of our staff and what we were looking for. And it was really good. And we took Fitness First back up and improved it. And then it went um, went to market and sold. And, and probably that was a tough time because the global company went into, you know, they separated. So there was nothing to do with the UK anymore. There was nothing to do with Germany. Um, and it became a standalone um, under a, another banner with, um, with another group of clubs. So great times then. It was good. And I sort of left and, you know, did a, dabbled in a few other things as after, you know, 10 years in something, you can't find your feet again. And it was probably more COVID that made me think of this. And I've been thinking of consulting for years. And 
people have been saying that, but it's a buzzword, you know, I'll just go and consult, I'll go and consult. Um, I wanted to bring something that was, you know, alive and probably a gap in the market. And <clears throat> to be honest, COVID did wake me up. You know, I think it was, you know, people couldn't afford to bring like a COO back into a business because it was too expensive or, you know, a franchise recruitment. And originally I started, um, I wanted to look at fractional roles. So what we did is we offered to service the COO role, for example, as an acting role, but less um, less payment for the company because they couldn't afford it. Um, and then that was how I sort of, my first idea, and then the recruitment came up. And then, yeah, I just, I think it was, oh, it must be about August last year. And I was actually offered another job in a role in the business, uh, sorry, in the industry as a COO again. And I'm like, you know what, Damien, just do it, you know, stop, you know, procrastinating, take the risk. You can only try once. And then I, um, my business partner, Paul, um, had been in um, the industry with me years ago and he was doing exit strategy and planning for restaurants and hospitality and cafes and selling all those. And we actually had a, we'll have a, had a beer at a parmy. Yes, you do in Bosman. And we sat there and just went, you know, there's a market in the industry for the fitness, for the exit and that recruitment. Mm-hmm. And in, in probably a week later, I'm signing a shareholders agreement and I was getting nervous, but off we went and, and it was great. And I think, you know, the most exciting, this one sounds really cheesy, but it's um, what was exciting is, a lot of the, when we started the business, you know, when you're in a startup, you know, you have ideas that you, that do alter and we started to, you know, bring the business alive in stages, but we never had to advertise. I mean, up until really now, um, we're not really advertising much. And luckily I could reach out to a lot of the network that I was working with over 20 years and and then bring this alive. And the, and the good thing that, as I said, that we've found is <clears throat> it's been a lot of passive business, but... It, it's growing. We've got a team of five now. You know, it was just the two of us, and now we're a team of five, which is exciting. Um, and it's only been eight, nine months. Um, so it could have, it could have gone this way. But luckily, we're going in the right directory. But except for this COVID shutdown again for the last two weeks, yeah, puts a bit of a, a dampener in things. But yeah, it was. It's been an idea for a while, and I think I've been egged on for so long to do it, and then. You know, I'm in sales. I should have taken the risk a long time ago myself, but I was too nervous. You know, when you've got a wage coming in to, oh, I'm, I'm now paying payroll. So it's, um, yeah, so that's how it happens. And then it's just, it develops. And FBS has sort of become, you know, quite solid. And, you know, we were at capacity that, um, not long ago where we had to bring on someone else to service what we had, which was good. So that's, that's how it came alive. Yes. Well, I'm glad it did because I know there's a, a big gap in the market there because I see it from both ends. I have trainers contact me. Hey, John, have you heard of this mm. new franchise? You know, what do you think of it? Should I do it? And I'm like, man, I got no idea. I wish there was someone I could send you to. Now I know there is, you know, mm. on the yeah, side, definitely. you know, on, on yeah, the flip side, there's, there's people that are like, um, oh, John, I want to sell my boot camp. You know, is it sellable? What should I sell it for? You know, who would buy it? And I'm like, ah, not really my forte, but you know, now I know where I can send you. So glad you've done that. But what I'd like to talk about mainly today, Damien, is that franchise side of things. They're popping up all over the place, you know. Um, next week, there's a podcast launching with a, with a, with a, a gentleman who started a new franchise, Strong Pilates. He used to be an F45 mm-hmm. guy. You know, the week after that, I've got one launching with a, a company called Core Fitness who are, you mm-hmm. know, also looking for – and both of them have both said to me, hey, Jono, what I'm looking for is, um, uh, you know, franchisees, you know, whether it's investors or trainers. You know, I want to open up more. I need trainers. So they're popping up everywhere. I'm going to hand it over to you from here, Damien. If you can let us know in the next 15, 20 minutes, 
Say there's a, mm. a train, go from the trainer side of things, not so much an investor. Um, someone's already a trainer and they're looking at, you know, um, working for one of these franchises or being a franchisee. What's the first thing they need to look at, I guess? Let's take a quick break. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Look, the first thing is, you know, is that franchise or and, and who you're really getting to partnership with. It's so important. There's a lot of franchise ors out there um, that have, you know, without being disrespectful to anyone, have come to the market because they've been a trainer for so long and they're like, my training's the best. My kettlebell swings the best. I'm going to bring that into a franchise. And then they just go get a name and they bring this alive. But mm. then what happens is people do join and the franchise partners are not getting the support and they're not getting what is really needed because they're paying a fee. So the most important, number one, if I talk you through all of it, yeah. number one is, one is, do you believe in the product? Yeah. Mm. Is the product right? Is this product scalable? Is this product long-term or is it a fad? You know, sometimes the fads, you know, we've seen back in the 90s, the Tybo and the things like that that were around. Is it a fad or is it something that can still be um, grown from a initiative programs and things like that? Then you can bring in new initiatives and new different types of exercises. What is the background of the franchise or? And what is the support structure is next. So what support do you get? Well, who is in their executive team? Who is on the board of support? Because... What happens in, and I mentioned this a minute ago, people go into a franchise and they get excited and they get sold blue sky. They get into it, and I've seen it in quite a few brands and quite a few franchise partners that go into a franchise, they pay all this money, they're excited, they've sold the dream, and then it doesn't happen because, one, the franchise group don't have the experience in their team. You know, what's your, when people are buying in like a trainer or investor, it doesn't matter. that You're buying into a franchise for a reason, and the reason is generally... I'm buying into a network, I'm mm -hmm. buying into a business model that's proven, mm -hmm. and I'm buying into experience to lean on because as a, a trainer, for example, I'm not great with the numbers. I'm not great mm -hmm. with commercial and the retention and the CRMs and the digital experience and all this stuff that goes with it. That's why I'm going into a franchise. Mm -hmm. And you, know, you need to do your background work. And a lot of the people that we speak to, and you know, we, we work with about seven or eight national brands um, that we've picked to work with we don't just take people on for the sake of it because again we have to believe in the franchise and we have to believe in the product because you know they're our client but our the person we're bringing on it's a change in lifestyle this is a business you're buying you know this is a five year plus you know investment it's not a you're buying a car to drive around and you feel good you know it's totally different so you know when you're looking at it and the key things as i said look at the franchise group what's their expansion What's their drop-off? Have they had any clothes? What is their experience in their team? Yeah? What does their digital programming and their CRM and their customer journey and all those things, those offerings, what are they doing for that? Because you're paying a fee and generally you'll pay a fixed fee or you'll pay a percent of royalties. And if you're not getting that support, and I've seen this in a lot of brands, 
um, especially on ground support. You know, having that you know that regional manager or that marketing. I want to say on ground. It doesn't have to be military in the in the studio, but you know, having that go to in the specialist areas. So go to in the marketing, go to in the in the fitness product. You know, where's their innovation? Where's their business plan? Where's the big side of things? Because at the moment there are a lot of copycats. I call them. Everyone's copying everyone. And if I look at even fitness first, back when it came to the market, and that is now showing my true age, but fitness first came with big box, beautiful clubs, you know, great offerings. It was schmick. Everyone loved it. And then everyone started copying them, the big box. F45 brought this, you know, basic F45, sorry, uh, functional training. And then other people looked and adapted. And right now there's a lot of franchises in that functional training area. Yeah. And there's a lot of specialists. But there's, um, you need to pick if you're going into those markets. And I recommend, especially coming from a trainer or an investor, if you're going into boutiques, pick a specialist. Or if you're going to a big box, you know, pick the right one that's on the, the, the journey as well for long term. So in the Sorry, specialist. Daniel, when you say specialist, what do you, what do you mean by that? So like a Pilates or a cycle gotcha. or a, yeah. a core program like that. It's, you go to the GP and he gives you his advice. It's the same as going to a gym. Yeah, that's the GP service where um, you want to really get into the Pilates like a KX or a strong plate, those ones, then they're specialists. Same with the cycle. Does fun- functional training count as specialist or no? Um, yeah, look, they do depending on their program. Now, okay. if you look at it, because big boxes do offer freestyle group training, mm. small group training, a hit class, yeah. and but they're very basic. Yeah, they're on a timetable. It will come along. They're in the middle of the gym floor. So when you go into the functional training, you know what is the product, what is the program, and what is the difference. Mm. You know, no, if I look at we work doing with a gym class, you know, if you're going to buy into this exactly 45, you know, what there's, you know, there's crunch fitness down the road for me where there's a class 6 a.m. called boot camp, which is 10 bucks a week or whatever it is. Yes. You know, yep. Why am I doing yours? hundred percent. And that's the thing. And that's the same. And they become more like it's very much about the community, the personal service, the one on one attention. That's mm. the difference in these markets. And, you know, if I look at it, like we work with um, FitStop, for example, yep. You know, and they've got the fit, fast and functional um, classes, very personalized, very community focused, very one on one. You know, there's the coach, you, you're doing it via reps. It's all about you, you know, as opposed to others that you might be just in a group class in the gyms, like you mentioned, just in a group class running around. There's no real feel. It's like going to a physio because you've got to fix something as opposed to the, the doctor. And so, you know, the functionals, yes, depending on their product. There are a lot out there that just do circuit training. And it's pretty basic stuff and they label it with a franchise. But again, going back to that, the product can be great and the product can be, um, you must, you might love the product and that, but it's about the people, you know, number one in this industry is people, as you know, you know, people go to classes because of the instructor, because they love that person's instructor, you know, that teacher and, you know, having the right people in your business, the right manager, the right instructors is crucial and the right um, relationship with your franchisor is where it comes back to. You know, we refer to them as franchise partners. Like the franchisee that's coming in, you don't work for the franchisor. You know, you're a partner of the franchisor and the franchisor is offering you a service to grow. And that's what's really important. Where some of the franchisors that are out there, they can be, whether it's dictational or managing the franchisee, that's not the right, right way. And a, and a trainer that's investing or an investor that's investing, no matter what, this is your business, you're part of a group and you want to make sure you feel part of the group. And as I mentioned, the ones we work with, it's very community focused. Um, even Infinite Cycle, we opened last week in Armadale in Melbourne and 
the franchise or was down there doing the bikes and fixing the beginning the bikes together and crank like that stuff is what you want because you're getting as I said that that that, that more personal one on one sharing partnership uh, with it. Costing is obviously one big thing. You know, if you're looking at costs, you know, a boutique sort of studio. You know, you don't want to be paying, you know, over three hundred plus thousand for a startup. You know, because and look at your break evens. If you look at a, a boutique, you know, that sort of two hundred square meters. If you're spending two three hundred, you know, your break even membership wants to be around the one forty. You know, and that's 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 a good a good sign one fifty depending on uh, your rent. Some of the boutiques that are starting to charge. For fifty five hundred thousand, that's more in any times or a twenty four seven. Is that is that know, like for a, a lifetime? Is that a life? Is this per year lifetime? What what do we talk with these numbers? Yeah, those um, those numbers are more startups. So to pay for your fit outs, your equipment, your build costs, all those things, your franchise fee. Gotcha. You know, and when we look at it, you know, that sort of price around, and then the break even of one forty is is good because you can generally in a pre sale build that before you open, get your member base up to that similar mm. number. So you're operationally cash flow um, from day one. You know, there's too many people that have spent so much up front and their payback is two, three years. And, you know, that's tough. Same in a big box. And I mean, a big box franchise, you might spend $2 million, but it's a lot different because you're getting 2,000 members, you know, and your break even might be, you know, um, month three or four. But again, it comes down to that, what support you get from the big box to get those numbers. Um, and to get yourselves cash flow positive. Obviously, the returns are higher. You're making more money, but the risk is higher in there. So it's, it's balancing act. And that's why when it comes back to the people we talk to for franchising, what's your needs and what's your exit again? What's your big plan? You know, some people are looking, why don't you buy you buy a couple of, you know, boutiques and you, um, you build them and then you flip them and you take them to exit and build the processes Get and look at that again, coming back to exit plan, which is stuff that we do. I want to build something and I want to sell it for a million bucks in three years. Well, how do we do that? And what is the plan? All right, buy two or three boutiques or buy a big box um, in there. So, so then, the, you know, the financials are important. Um, do your research, you know, with the current franchisees that are there, um, you know, and understand who's, you know, look at, the, look at the books. You know, a lot of blue skies can be told, you know what, you're going to get to 400 members in this side and you're going to make this amount of money. Has that happened? And that's something we'll go, sorry, no, you know, 200, 250, 300 is good um, and you'll make X and that's a good investment. So don't be, and without putting it out there to franchisors out there, don't be sold a dream of blue sky. And I've seen it too much. And unfortunately, you know, the franchise partner is the one that, miss, that um, misses out here and the one that's left with the business not working, throwing cash at, you know, at, at them. And I don't like seeing that. It's not good for our industry either when this is happening. So it's vital that you, you know, you really do the research on the franchise or group and don't be sold the dream. Don't be sold a blue sky. Don't be sold, you know, all the, the stuff that, uh, that everyone can do and has done, um, you know, and pick, you know, look at, you know, we've been very particular about who we take on the franchise and, that, and the people we take on. And even with the brand we're bringing across from Malaysia, you know, that was quite important that we believe in it. And the first question my business partner always says to me when I'm bringing some new client or brand on is, would you buy it? I'm like, well, it's not about me. He's like, no, would you buy it? Because you're, we're selling it. So it's true. And I've got to look at that. Would I invest my own pocket before we do that to other people? Yes, love that. One more question around the, the costing there, Damien. 
What about the regular costings? What sort of figures are, are we looking at there? What's the standard or does it vary so much? What, what can you tell us there? Yeah, look in the boot, look in the, the industry. You've either got a percent of royalties or a flat fee. And to be honest, it's, it's a tough one. It's six to one to half a dozen on both because mm. a flat fee can be good for someone that's making a lot of money <laughs> because they're not having to pay more royalties. But then it's not good for the person that's not, right? So it's, it's, a, it's a balancing act. The royalties, however, yes, you might be paying more when you're making more, but the thing is the franchise is going to help grow your business and drive your business because they're making more as well. Mm. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a joint partnership. So if you're not winning, we're not winning as a franchise all. So, you know, it's, it is that balancing act. And, you know, people ask me, which do you prefer? And it, it's a tough one, again, because uh, I like the percentage because mm. it means it's a partnership. You know, we're going to do this together because if you're not making, I'm not making. So I do like that. If you've got some savvy person that just knows they're going to blitz it, they've, they've come from the industry and they just know they're going to make a lot of money in their, in their site, course you want a fixed fee <laughs> you know i want that fix i don't pay you as much but yeah it's a mixture so you know if you look at it um you know most boutique sort of franchises will sort of range from that anywhere from 15 to sort of four thousand a month depending on again how much revenue you're bringing um you know it can go up obviously if you're bringing in more um big boxes are different because they're on a percent as well and it's higher revenue you know when you're looking at a, a functional training maybe Doing a you know six seven hundred thousand a year versus a two million three million over this side, it's different, but a different um, uh, a different structure, I guess. Um, it comes back to so those ongoing costs. I think the marketing cost needs to be fixed um, in general because with marketing, if it's a percentage, and this is what happens, and um, the person that is paying more for marketing wants more marketing. Why am I paying more when Jack down the road's doing the same and he's getting the same national brand marketing? So mm. we always suggest a fixed fee because it doesn't matter. The marketing can be spent properly um, across. Some people don't charge marketing anymore. Um, they incorporate into the franchise fee, which is a good idea um, because you have to, from a marketing perspective, you have to spend that money and you have to, you can be audited. Um, but yeah, generally um, marketing, you would want a fixed fee. So you're all paying the same to get the brand and national marketing out there. Gotcha. Couple questions with that. When you say fixed fee, so let's say, let's say there's a franchise and they've got ten different locations all around Australia, uh, and let's yep. say they're on the percentage model, right? You're saying that no matter uh, how much clients each one of those ten has, the franchise or puts the same amount of dollars of marketing into each of those locations. Is that in a nutshell what you're saying? Yeah, the marketing's a separate, usually a separate fee. You've got royalties and then marketing. Oh, gotcha. The royalties, okay. Yeah, royalties are paid for the brand, the service, yeah. the strategy, the fitness, the product. And that's generally, as I said, it can be fixed fees. Um, some out there are still doing fixed fee, but most are doing royalties. And that's just like a 7%, for example. Royalties are just coming out every month, and that's to pay for everything. What, what percentage um, is that out of curiosity, usually, or an indication? Most are between that sort of six to eight. Um, percent okay you know that's a good a good percentage to be um, and then marketing can differ depending on the size of the brand um, if they charge marketing it could be something like 500 a month up to 800 again depending on the the, the product um, and that's why i was saying with a marketing fee you'd like that to be fixed so mm. you know that the marketing is spread across the group and generally that marketing fee is more for strategy brand 
um, awareness, all that sort of things. Not I'm going to give you hundred dollars this month to spend on Facebook. It's, gotcha. it's a brand. It's a national stuff. Um, as a franchisee, you still will spend your your um, your cash in uh, in house for local area marketing. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, cool. That makes sense. Well, hey, Damien, I think you've given us some really good tips there. I want to be sensitive of your time. There's just one question I always like to finish up with, and that's around um, books. So I'm curious, not sure what you're like as a reader, but if someone's uh, <laughs> someone's watching this and they're like, okay, you know, I'm, uh, and if, it's, if it's not a book, it could be like a website or a podcast or a YouTube or, or where if someone's interested in, in what it is you do and they're like, okay, look, I'm not ready to, to work with Damien yet, but, you know, I want to get my head around some of this. How do I learn more about franchises or exiting or, you know, starting up? What, what resources could you recommend for them? Uh, interesting. I'm not a reader, funnily enough. My, um, not sure which I was at the office now. I grab my business partner to answer that <laughs> question. Um, you know, and it's funny. We're actually building a current portal, which is going to have a whole lot of um, things for people in the industry, individual owners, individual trainers, where they can go into our portal and, and download a whole lot of documents from franchising to, you know, um, um, uh, what's it called, the uh, Audible stuff all these things we're going to have on our portal, which is something to watch out for if you're listening to this today. Um, but I think, you know, if you're looking at, you can read any book and I'm, you know, and, and get told things through a book through a Tony Robbins or a Carol Ray, all these things. And that's all great. My thing is I'd be reading up on more what you want to do and then um, more uh, research as opposed to reading. So mm. researching the industry, research what's happening. Look at the URSA, um websites look at all the fitness websites what's happening in the industry look at fitness australia look at fit rec whatever it is get industry knowledge yeah. and um as well for anyone on this um on the listening to this podcast fitness business sales will be having a new um group that we'll be doing through facebook called our uh fitness owners club network and we're going to have a whole lot of research and stuff on that it's just a group that you join for free and that's what we want to do it's education so when you talk mm-hmm. about books as you mentioned it's more education and probably what I do in my position is I'm across a whole lot of different groups, a whole lot of different um, um, areas of the business, whether it's, you know, in the, the corporate, sorry, the um, compliance side of the business or the business sales growth, or it's in the retentions or it's in the, the product. I just try to keep up to date with what's going on. I think if you're a trainer or an investor, that is your best education. Find out what's out there, educate yourself through it. Um, through those portals and join as many groups as possible. You know, mm-hmm. it's, there's a lot of knowledgeable people out there that can give you the advice. And I think reading a book is great, but speaking to someone that's actually done it is better. Yes. That's been there, you know, and I think that's probably one of the reasons we started the business. And, you know, because I did own a gym back in the day. I had my own, I had my skin in the game. I could have gone bankrupt. I was young. I had my mum's house again. So it was, but I learned because I was in it. And I think if you can reach out to as many industry knowledgeable people, that's that's the best research to do. Love it. Yeah, that's such a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. And I'll, I'll just share a couple that, that I found. There's a website. Mm. not sure if you um, subscribe to it, Damien. It's, it's something around the Australian Leisure Management News or something like that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Nigel yeah. Benson. Yeah. Yes, yep. exactly. Nigel. Yeah, I'm yep. going to get him on the the podcast in the next couple of weeks. That's great. If you, it's it's basically what's going on in the news, but specific in the fitness industry. 
you know, so you want to, because it's, it's not often that the fitness industry will get featured in the news bits and pieces will, but it's going to be either really good or really bad. Like all those in between stuff, you can check out the, the Australian leisure management site, which is really good. And the other one that I, yeah, think- we do a lot of our media. We do a lot of our media releases through him and then Jim click media with Eugene. We yeah. do a lot yep. uh, throughout the industry. You know, there's a lot of people out there um, that will do those, but yeah, Nigel's been around for a long time. I've worked with him for quite a while and he's built a really good network and, what I like about that website is it's not always, you know, the um, the good news stories and the great, mm. you'll, you know, publish stuff that's not good um, that we go, wow, we need to know about that. So it's very real. That's what I like about that one. 100%. And then the other thing I find is LinkedIn, if you can tailor mm. your LinkedIn. I, I haven't used it properly until recently. I would just add anyone on there. People would add me. I'd accept them. I'm like, yeah, I'm growing my network. This is great. But I'd scroll through my feed and it would just just junk, you know, that I didn't care anything about. But since recently I've cleaned it up and there's there's ways you can unfollow, you can you can stay connected to them, but you just say, mm-hmm. hey, you know, I don't want to see this person in my feed. So I, I mm-hmm. use that's what my Facebook is for on my Instagram, you know, that sort of stuff. For LinkedIn, mm-hmm. it's just the heavy hitters in the fitness industry. So I can go on there and I saw there was um Fitstop had a big deal the other day. They they um, had some collaboration. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, mm. and the mm-hmm. only reason I, I found that was LinkedIn, you know, and I scroll through yep. LinkedIn and I'm like, oh, so that's what's going on. That's because that's where people post this sort of stuff. You know, if you're um, in the fitness industry and you want to post something about your business wise, you post it on LinkedIn, you know, so you can, ta- you can, 100%. you know, tailor your LinkedIn. And if you just use those two there, Nigel Benson's Australian Leisure Management, Jim Click Media, I'm going to get Eugene on, on this as well, and, and LinkedIn yep. and tailor it you'll have a really good idea of what's going on in the industry. So thank you for... It's definitely, it's definitely, LinkedIn has probably brought fitness business sales alive, to be honest. You know, mm-hmm. I've had a, my profile for quite some time and, and just really tailored it. And what I've found, and this is what's, you know, if I look at Fitness Cartel, one of our brands, you know, um, Nathan, who's the founder, I taught him how to sell memberships back in Genesis 10, 12 years ago. And it's all come from LinkedIn. So what's happened is, people like all the exes are coming out of the woodworks and going oh damn blah, blah, blah. but it's been through linkedin and what i've done in linkedin is exactly what you said tailored it we make sure that we're updating every media release every opening mm. the stories are good too chucking the stories up of anything like i will have a you know infant cyclometer we opened bang it's on a story across all socials that social network is is huge and, mm. and and people talk as well if you look at the fitness industry people will say oh you know, for example, you know, I don't know, we're looking to buy, we've, oh, we heard fire fitness is coming to Australia. Oh, that was through FBS and they saw that through us. So it's, it is a big industry, but it's very small. Mm. Everyone knows someone that knows someone and someone and, and uh, agree. Your LinkedIn is, is, is crucial to keep that up to date, keep that up to speed and continually posting on that. And I'll piggyback um, off too. that as well. What I've found with LinkedIn. So I used to be more of a Facebook, Instagram person. And on yep. Facebook, if you post a link, Facebook just punish you. They don't want you off Facebook, yeah. you know? So you, it's hard. Yes. And, and Instagram, you can't even post a link anywhere on Instagram. No. One in your bio. No. Whereas LinkedIn, I found, yep. favors it. You know, if you post, yes. hey, here's a blog. You know, even, yes. I find news as well. What I've personally found is news on LinkedIn. He, hey, here's what my mm-hmm. business has done. You know, go and check out us featured in this article here or the blog we wrote here. You know, so if you want to, if you want to get your news out there, and get people externally, LinkedIn is is great. Um, but anyway, yes. I want to be uh, respectful of, of your time, Damien. Uh, that's all I wanted to cover. Is there anything I should have asked you but forgot to? 
or anything you want to finish us off with? No, I think probably another, the only other thing I would mention is if you are looking at your business and, you know, what you're going to do down the track, you currently got a health club or you're, um, you're a gym owner um, and you're looking to exit, you know, streamline your processes, mm. you know, look at the opportunities, you know, build your business. Um, if you're getting, you know, some of the people that come to us that are distressed where I just need to sell, I need to sell. Um, our goal is actually to try and um, work with you that you don't sell. Our ideal client mm. is we don't sell it, you keep it. Yeah. So I just think if you're currently in a business, probably my advice is look at your streamline, look at what's going on, um, be careful of the marketplace, um, um, uh, the marketplace multiple of exits. So what I'm saying is the pricing you're getting quoted. There are a lot of people that are going to a broker and they're just naming a price and you're paying something that's listed for a year. So just be careful and be conscious of the market, especially now with COVID, that, you know, the, the saleable price of a business is not what it used to be. So don't be tricked. Don't um, make sure you do your homework, streamline your business and, you know, work on what your, your plans are. That's probably one of the biggest advice I could give for, for current club owners. Love it. Awesome. All right, cool. Well, what I'll do with uh, Damien, I'll put the link to the Fitness Business Sales website in the show notes. I'll also put a, a, a link to your LinkedIn in there. So if people want to see what's yep. going on, you know, they can check it out. Too on easy. Stop. Um, Damien, yep. thank you very much for your time. All good. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you liked this show, share it with your friends, subscribe on iTunes, and leave us a five-star review. For show notes and free training on how to grow your fitness business, visit www.fitnesseducationonline.com.au. Are you a fitness professional looking to provide your clients with personalized meal plans? Check out Mealsy, the ultimate solution for creating custom meal plans in just a few simple clicks. With Mealsy, you can say goodbye to countless hours spent on meal planning. Our Australian meal planning web app is designed to save you time and effort so you can focus on what really matters, your clients and their success. Mealsy provides you with a vast library of recipes all created by nutrition professionals. From breakfast to dinner and everything in between, we've got you covered. Whether you want to create a custom meal plan tailored to your client's needs or choose from our selection of ready-made meal plans, Mealsy has the flexibility to accommodate your preferences. So why waste precious time and energy creating meal plans from scratch? Let Mealsy do the heavy lifting for you while you focus on delivering exceptional fitness services. Join the community of fitness professionals who have revolutionized their business with Mealsy. Visit our website at www.mealsy.com and sign up today. Mealsy, the smarter way to meal plan for fitness professionals.